Well, hi, and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abijamra, and I'm your host. I am so glad you're here. It is Thursday, the day we dropped the new podcast. We are in a series called Dear Lena, where you ask me questions about faith, life, and culture, and everything in between. And I am excited about this series. We've got several episodes ahead of us before we go back to some interviews. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it now. If you've been here before, thanks for coming back. Uh, we are taking questions. If you want to send them to me, send them to Dear Lena. That's L-I-N-A at livingwithpower.org. We're going to talk about all sorts of things, and today's question is going to be awesome. As a general rule, I try to give you three points to frame our discussions on based on God's Word. Our goal at my at this ministry here, Living With Power, is to give you biblical truth for everyday life, very practical, uh, very to the point. I'm an ER doctor by training, so I tend to cut through a lot of the small talk and hit just the heart of the matter and and I hope you like it. <laughs> I hope you can keep up with my uh, pace. If you find that I speak too fast, just knock the speed in half and, and that'll work out just fine. But I think most of you can listen as fast as I could talk and I appreciate that. I appreciate you being here. So let me just hit this episode today. The question that was sent to me is this. Dear Lena, how do I share my faith in the current cultural climate? Well, that's a great question. Easy, simple. And and I am sure what the person who sent this question is alluding to is, is probably familiar to all of us. The current cultural climate is an angry climate. It is a, a verbal climate. It is a, a raging, attacking, judging, uh, quick to speak, slow to listen climate. And so how do you sneak in and share your faith in this? And what we're seeing modeled, of course, in the Christian world is uh, not always um, biblical in the way that we're uh, trying to share our faith. And often instead of sharing our faith, we end up just sharing our opinions. And so I want to I wanna address this and I'm going to shape it with three different angles. And so let me, let me give you my first point here. Because I think this is really uh, going to be something we need to spend time thinking about as we think about ways to, uh, to speak about Jesus in a climate that is no longer very friendly to Jesus and to Christianity, and at least the way it's been so far. So number one, you can share your faith by your good works and not by your strong words. So in each of the points I'm making here to this uh, compelling argument that I believe I've put together, I'm going to give you a Bible verse that I think Jesus or his word, um, not all, well, actually, uh, mostly word of, words of Jesus, where he gives us an idea of how we are to engage in the culture. So this one comes from the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, and by the way, leading up to these, uh, to the verse that I want to hone in on is sort of a couple of verses that remind us, uh, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Then he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. And then he says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. He doesn't say so that they may hear your strong words and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. It, it's a very specific admonition for us to do good works in the name of the Father so that people will see them. And listen, if you, once in a blue moon, if you look on social media, you do see these stories of people because you go, man, how will they know it's, it's in the name of Christ? Well, generally, uh, the stories that come out of churches that are doing good works, it, it's not hard to tell when it's in the name of Jesus that this is all being done for the glory of the Father. So here, here's some thoughts about good works versus strong words. See, strong words, it's easy to go on social media and spew your opinions via strong, harsh, corrective words, but it never works to the people who might need to hear it. 
And so good works, uh, on the opposite, are best shared in person and not online. Have you thought about that? You can't share good works online. I mean, you can give out free, you know, $5 certificates to something, but, but by and large, good works are better shared in person and not online. You go back to this incarnational need that Jesus modeled. And good works are often shared in hidden places and not in public forums. You see, we always go, you know, there's this idea that whatever we do should be so loud. And honestly, I don't think that's true. I think most of the good works that are being done in the world right now are being done in hidden places quietly, not to be eaten up by the public, but to be seen individually one by one by those who are being the receivers of the good works. So you see a neighbor that's hurting and you drop them a meal or you see a, a homeless person who needs a coat or you, and on and on, the list is wide. And you may say, well, well, if I don't take a picture of it, it's not real, it's never gonna show up on Instagram. Would to God that we would do more works that never show up on Instagram. And so good works are often best noted individually and not in masses. We have this idea in 2022 that everything we do should be declared from the mountaintops and, and, and seen by the masses. And if it's not retweeted 50,000 times, it's not good enough. Listen, I don't know where we get this idea because it's not how Jesus worked. He worked individually, one by one. And those good works, when you're making an impact, when Jesus talks about being a salt and light, he's not talking about a light can't light up the globe. A light can't even light up the entire neighborhood, but a light will light up your block. And so start thinking, I think, more locally and less globally when it comes to good works. Now, there, again, we have a global ministry. I mean, there's some good works that end up being global, but you know how they're done? One person by one person who sees the need, who writes a check for $5 and $20 and $50. And, and again, they're done in small increments in hidden places. There's a woman who sends us a gift every month, has never put, a, she sends a, a money thing that I have to go to the bank and deposit it. It's like a money order. She doesn't put her name. Every month she writes a verse and encourages us and she is faithful to a T. And I'm telling you guys, that is a good work that points to God and he sees what she's doing and it is moving to me because it gets what Jesus is talking about. People see the good works and they give glory to the Father who is in heaven. And so rather than relying on our strong words to impress the world, who by the way is not impressed, on the contrary, it fuels anger in the public forums. Instead, why don't we start in 2022 to think through what good works could we do so that people would glorify our Father? And by the way, not so that the masses will see it, but so you, we can make an impact on one person that God puts in our way. Maybe you go to the same store over and over again. Maybe that can be your mission field to reach out to that person that you see regularly. So you can share your faith by your good works and not by your strong words. Here's a second one. You can share your faith by your personal testimony and not by your personal arguments. All right, I'm gonna take you to a verse in Revelation chapter 12 and I'll repeat that point in a minute. Re Revelation 12, 11, um, this is about the end times and it says, and they have conquered him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. There's power in the word of our testimony. So you can, you and I, if you're thinking, how do I share my faith in the current cultural climate? Stop personal arguments on political issues, by the way, and start personal testimony. 
Here's what God has done in my life. There's nothing more powerful than hearing the story of what God has done in people's lives. I've gone to the Middle East now for the past six, seven years, and we hear stories of people who used to worship nothing, or they used to be in another religion, a lot of Muslim background people who have given their life to Jesus. There is nothing more powerful than hearing what God has done in their lives to change them. And that testimony has radically fueled through families and through tribes, and it has set people on fire for the Lord Jesus. There is nothing stronger than personal testimony. Let go of personal argument and hang on to what Jesus tells us is our power. It is the word of our testimony. Here's what happened to me. Here's how God changed me. Here's what's going on in my life. The best apologetics in scripture that we see in individuals, like the apostle Paul, like Peter, was through individual personal testimony. James, the brother of Jesus, he, he didn't like Jesus when Jesus was alive. And then later wrote the epistle of James and, 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 and he tells his story through it. And, and, and Paul, he was the best at it. And he constantly, have you ever studied Paul? Everywhere he went, people were like, what's your story? He was like, well, I was walking on the way to Damascus and Jesus stopped me. And he said, why are you persecuting me? And if you look through the gospels and th- I mean the uh, acts and then the epistles, he tells that story over and over and over and over and over again. He never tires of it. He says, I was a sinner. In fact, he calls himself the chief of all sinners. And here's how God changed me. In fact, he tells the story and says, people didn't even believe it. They were scared of me when I first came to Christ, but I was changed and his life showed it. The best apologetics in scripture was through individual personal testimony and the power that we have against the evil one, against the evil culture is through our personal testimony. If we would just spend less time arguing the issues of politics and culture and just sharing our testimony of what God's doing in our life, how much impact we would have in this world. The promise God gives us is that we will change the world through our personal testimony. And the pattern in scripture is to influence others through personal testimony. We see it over and over and over again. Listen, if you want to start making an impact on others, start thinking about what good works will you do day in, day out. And what, who can you share your personal testimony with? People are dying for stories of hope. And you go, man, my story is nothing. I grew up in the church and never any, any exciting happened. I mean, that's, in some ways, I think that's, I used to think that's my story. I mean, I didn't get saved from the, some brothel or anything. I, mean, I just grew up a kid in Beirut. I went to church from the time I can remember, gave my life to Jesus. But, fought, but listen, you start telling the story of what God is doing in your life. Just talking about how real God is. You pray about something. God answers. You speak to God when you're afraid, when problems happen. These are you, the word of your testimony. It's not just what happened when you got saved, but it is day in, day out, replaying the gospel of God in your life. Illness happens. People die. People come. Emails get sent. Jobs get lost. Fear arises. And in it, you hang on to the hope of the gospel. That's the power of your testimony. And the pattern in scripture is that you and I can influence others through our personal testimony, not through argument, not through strong words. And then lastly, here's the third one. You can share your faith by a proper understanding of love. We always go back to that same verse in John. I've uh, got to find this. John chapter 13, verse 35, all right? It says in John 13, 35, I'm sure you know the verse. Uh, a new commandment I give to you, verse 34, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, uh, that's easily said, right? Everybody's like, yeah, of course, we're supposed to love one another. That's the sign of discipleship, blah, blah, blah. Our problem is we don't agree on what it means to love one another. Well, Jesus makes it simple. He says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So think about it. How has Jesus loved us? 
And I think it would be naive for any of us not to come up with one unifying point. And that is he gave up everything for us. He gave up his life for us. He gave up his rights for us. Here we are caught up in 2022 in arguments over masks and voting and political opinions. This is what's dividing the church. It makes no sense to me. And we go, we're doing it out of love. And we're like, uh, you know, we keep everybody's angle on love is different. If we could just go back to a proper understanding of love, you can share your faith by a proper understanding of love. And that point of understanding is modeled in Jesus. He took on servant leadership. He humbled himself, became obedient to the cross. That is who he was. You want to find out who he was? Go to Philippians uh, chapter 2, I believe, in verse... Let me find that. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, actually, back up, verse 3. And then read a few verses to the end of the chapter. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, listen, in humility count others more significant than yourselves. This is not easy. That's love, though. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I mean, you, I hate to even... I, I'm not... I don't love masks. I'm going to tell you. But like... I can't get over how we're so argumentative over masks when it's like, it's a point of love. Like, just wear them. What's the big deal? You go, it's my right. This is what I get to do. I'm an American. But you're a Christian first. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Listen, I don't care about masks. I, I don't want to start an argument about masks, but I believe that... So many issues have become so flammable, so divisive in the Christian world. Forget about our arguments with non-Christians. We're destroying our own house because we have deviated from what it means to love one another. And so loving others happens consistently over time. It's not a one-time thing. You see, you do it over time. It's not something you put on when you go to the mission field for a week. It's not something you put on when you're serving for an hour in children's ministry. It is something that you put on day by day by day. It is a growth point. I mean, the more you are indwelt by the Spirit of God, the more the love of God will come through you. And so, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how do you set up daily Bible reading plans and how do you grow in discipleship? We're going to talk more about discipleship in the next few weeks. It, it all goes back to this. Loving others is a growth point of discipleship. You're maturing in Christ as you learn to love others more. And, it, you know, one follows the other. It's not easy. I don't know where we get this idea that loving others will be easy. It's not going to be easy. It means foregoing things that you might be right. It means dying to yourself. It means carrying your cross. It means putting others ahead of you. And that is not easy. Ask any mother who has had babies and they will tell you. Ask any person who has gotten married. I'm single and childless. So I've had to learn love other ways. And I'm telling you, sometimes I probably am behind in that. And I've got to learn faster because I haven't had those pressures in the home like some of you have had. So I don't think this is easy stuff, but it is critical stuff if we are to experience our faith in the current culture cultural climate. And so loving others means sacrifice of self and loving others focuses less on changing others and more on loving others. We have become so convinced in the church that we, our job is to change others. We cannot change others. Look, I can't even change myself. It is impossible. You cannot. I hang out with my seven-year-old nephew, Sam, who's now eight. And I can't even change. He used to hang out with me when he was two and three and four. I couldn't even change him then. I can model what I should be, and he wants to copy me sometimes, less so the older he gets, but 
We can love others so that they come to us when they have a problem, but we let God do the changing. And I think this, again, it's a hard, I think people sometimes hear that language and think, well, you're condoning other lifestyles that are not according to scripture. No, no. Jesus was thought to be a friend of publicans and sinners. People misunderstood him because he would have dinner with people that looked like sinners. And yet here we are worried about how people are going to see our intention. Let us make it our goal in 2022 simply to love better. And it will challenge us and it will stretch us. And it will sometimes mean doing things that we're not comfortable doing. But listen, if we want to change our culture, we've got to learn a proper understanding of love. Changing people's God's job, our job is to love him. And our job is as we're filled with the spirit of God is to teach him to, is to ask him to teach us to learn how to love. So if you want to make a difference in your culture, good works, not strong words, personal testimony, not personal argument, and a better understanding of love than we currently have. Listen, I don't think these things are easy. They will take us all of this year and the next to learn. But we got to start somewhere. Let us make it our resolve. Last week, we talked about accomplishing goals and setting them down and writing them down. Let us, let us make that a goal. God, help me to love better. What kind words and good works and, and ways to love others can we integrate in 2022 in our day-to-day hidden individual points of impact, not online, but in the flesh and blood. Listen, that's what we're going for this year. At least that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going to pray for because I want to make a difference in the culture. And I believe that God has given us the ability to do it. And I um, am going to die trying by God's grace and through his spirit working in me. And so I pray that he's doing that. I hope that you found this uh, podcast helpful. If you have any ideas on how to impact your uh, culture, with the faith, with Christ, then send me an email at dearlina at livingwithpower.org. I would love to hear from you. And if you have a question for us for the future, please send it. We're going to hit some more controversial things down the road. These things, are, I think, are pretty straightforward. And so I hope that you uh, come back and I hope you share these with your friends. Uh, with that, uh, join us Thursday nights. I teach live on Facebook on the Living With Power community page. Check out our website, livingwithpower.org. We've got a retreat center. In fact, in a week or two, I'll be hosting a Living With Power retreat where I'll be teaching for a couple of days. It is awesome outside of Chicago. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you for future retreats. If you've got a group or or a, a church leaders team, whatever it is, just check out our Hope Ranch, thehoperanch.org, and find out all about it. And uh, uh, hey, did I say have a great day? And if uh, if you love Jesus, uh, stay in it. And if you don't know him yet, I pray that this week will be the week that God changes your life with his love. All right, I'll catch you guys again next week. In the meantime, take care.